Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about occupied America waking up. No, America did not choose this. Dementia is disqualifying and removing the wrecking ball. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Since I talked with you last Thursday, you know, my show is Monday through Thursday, and this past Thursday, the two guests on our show were people who have been extremely active, traveling around the country, exposing the evidence of massive outcome-changing election fraud in the 2020 elections. Dr. Douglas Frank and another gentleman named Seth Keschel, and they're both using data. They're both using mountains of data, and their truly tremendous capacity to assess data, to um, read it to explain its relevance and they are just on a quest to do that and so then that was last thursday's show and then in the evening they spoke um, at a, a venue as a political event probably an hour outside of dallas and my husband and i decided to go to that one too and listen to them again and you know on my show it was kind of an interview this evening venue was a presentation and we're just struck by some things i want to share with you these two people and others like them who are engaged in the effort to expose outcome-changing election fraud, assuming they are successful in helping wake up the American people to the point that those people, the American people, push their elected officials to change election procedures, to change the procedures we use in our country to conduct elections, to put in place very simple safeguards that have absolutely no element of racism, hatred, or any kind of intolerance. The success that they have at that, they truly will be, 100 years from now, the kind of people our grandchildren's grandchildren study to say, wow, those people really saved America. And I don't say that lightly. I, don't, I am not engaged in hyperbole. We count on elections in America they make all the difference in whether or not the promise of our founding documents, the promise of the Declaration of Independence, that we have rights from God because we were born, we have God-given rights to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and we get to elect our government, uh, and that the Constitution lays out protections so that people can vote, and that we are therefore uh, governed by people who have the consent of the government, meaning we the people consent because we've chosen them. That's the entire governmental structure, intention, or a core fundamental basis of America. And we have lost that. We are at the point that the only people who are saying, uh, rolling their eyes still and saying there was no outcome changing election fraud are people who are simply burying their head in the sand, covering their eyes, sticking their fingers in their ears and saying, I don't want to hear it, la, 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 la because the evidence is overwhelming. There's one website you can go to, and, and part of it is, you know, if you think about it, if you were trying to uncover a fraud, as in looking back at what the Mueller investigation did for the non-existent Trump-Russia collusion, but the entire force of the federal government went into place to try to dig up the non-existent evidence of the non-existent Russia-Trump collusion, but you had the FBI, the DOJ, the, the mainstream media outlets, you had the Democrat Party on, on steroids uh, rolling with this effort to try to uh, claim, prove there was election fraud. And they had a focused effort. Everyone knew, go every day to certain websites or watch certain news shows, and you're gonna see what was uncovered. The effort to expose election fraud, and I am talking about massive, irrefutable, widespread, not just widespread within a variety of states, widespread at every level of government, election fraud, the evidence is so overwhelming that only those who wish to keep their heads in the sand or who fear the outcome of having that election fraud exposed, only those people are still denying it or trying to do the eye roll. So these people truly someday, Seth Keschel, Dr. Douglas Frank, and, may, and many others who are doing this, they will be looked upon like we look now back at the time of our founding at people like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington who actually stood up and said, 
we have the right to liberty and freedom, and we're going to fight for it, and we're going to define what that means, we're going to spell it out. And they were looked at in their era, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, many other people of the founding era, uh, looked at with ridicule by many of the, you know, equivalent of the establishment, the people who were the kings and queens and the supporters of the monarchy, and you know, who are these ragamuffin, you know, uh, preposterous alleged statesmen, who they think they are. Well, that they now are looked on with the proper reverence, the reverence they deserve. And someday, I believe these two people will also. And given that what we know about that, I want you to think for a second about where we are now. We're nearly at the end of March of 2022. The election was November 2020. Joe Biden was sworn in January of 2021. We have watched the Biden administration engage in no less than a wrecking ball attack on America. And I mean that, again, without hyperbole. What the Biden administration has engaged in with respect to utter abandonment of the southern border, a criminal uh, step to take in, in, in most in a sane country, that you have the leader of the country abandon, recognizing the southern border, people are flooding over. We're talking like 2 million, I think it is now, since Biden was in an office, abandoning the southern border, abandoning American troops and civilians and allies in Afghanistan, along with uh, millions of dollars of value of valuable, dangerous equipment now in the hands of Taliban jihadist terrorists. We're talking about a president who has, and I want you to think about what the January 6th committee is and what the president has done with respect to freedom of speech in this country. We're going to get into more of this, but in, in short, the president has attempted through his administration, the president has attempted to tell America there are a certain list of the most important topics you possibly care about talking about, which include election fraud, the theft of the election, and which include the use the government made of the COVID uh, pandemic, which has long been over, but the COVID virus and the government using that alarm caused the American people to seize power, to take away freedom, to limit people's access to successful medications, to force them down the path of using uh, vaccines, which are now widely questioned as to whether they are dangerous or unbalanced, necessary for virtually everybody. We are watching this administration take a battering ram to the freedoms of the American people and to America's place in the world. And so I want you to think about, if we lived in France at the time that Hitler rolled through, I am not comparing Biden to Hitler, but I'm making a point about what it feels like to live in an occupied country. In France, once Hitler's in, the Germans are in, you know you didn't choose this government. You don't want them. They impose themselves on you by force, and they're putting in place policies that you detest. And so the mission, when you are in an occupied country as a result of military operation, is obviously to fight back, to attempt to fight back, to somehow remove the people who uh, are in place, the people who are using their power against the interests and the well-being of the people of that country. That's what you do in not only France, but all the countries where Hitler took over in World War II. You know your, your country's occupied. The government isn't legitimate, and they're doing things you don't want. And I want you to think about the analogy to America. This is a stolen election, a stolen country, a stolen government. It is like an, we're occupied by ideological forces that are tremendously antithetical to everything America stands for. That's where we are right now in, in March of 2022. We're watching the Biden administration putting forth in a whole host of policies we'll talk about today, policies absolutely antithetical to the, free, the freedom of the American people and the future freedom and the constitutional republic, which they're supposed to be defending and protecting. Everything they're doing is antithetical to that, which leads me to something I was going to tell you. Uh, Frank Gaffney, who's a good friend of ours and a, uh, the founder of the Center for Security Policy and a national security expert, and he was on the show sometime recently, I can't remember when it was, it wasn't too long ago. Um, he puts out a daily piece, and if you don't get Frank Gaffney's daily um, little newsletters, I urge you to do it. But Frank Gaffney's newsletter today, um, and it's just a little short thing, it's a, I think it's a video, but the video, I don't listen to the video, I just read it. But he called it, Joe Must Go. 
Now, he's referring to the idea that in foreign policy, what the, the world heard Joe Biden say, President Biden say in a speech in which he, in Poland, in which he essentially threatened the words that he said were heard by people as threats against, the, uh, against Putin and against Russia. And so Frank Gaffney's point in his morning uh, briefing, his Secure Freedom Minute, he calls it. If you don't get these, you should. Go to centerforsecuritypolicy.org and, and subscribe to his uh, Secure Freedom Minute. But he just basically said, time for Joe to go. He talked about the danger that he, Joe Biden, puts America and the free world in <clears throat> because he is, he says things that are irrational, that, that are unwise, uh, wanders off of script, although some people are saying he didn't wander off script. Uh, leading the Wall Street Journal to opine today, you know, actually, maybe Joe Biden shouldn't be speaking in public anymore. Maybe, maybe that's the question. He just shouldn't be speaking in public anymore because it's not just that he makes gaffes and, and, and forgets where he is and forgets what day it is and forgets what office he's running for, forgets who he's talking about or he's, who he's talking to. He says things that alarm our enemies and alarm our friends, our allies. He's not predictable, and he's, uh, sadly, and I don't say this lightly, he's clearly suffering from dementia. I mean, some, some, I don't know what the exact diagnosis is, but some extreme degree of dementia, that's what's going on with him. And so he's saying these things, endangering the world, to the point the Wall Street Journal has um, came out and just allowed an editorial to be printed, which basically said he shouldn't speak in public. Yeah, amen to that. I'll close the first five by saying this. I call this kind of occupied America waking up. The reason I said that is when I listen to Dr. Douglas Frank and Seth Keschel, they're going around the country and they are relentless. They are tireless making presentations to organizations, groups around the country, laying out the overwhelming, indisputable, undeniable evidence of massive outcome-changing election fraud. Even in states that President Trump won, there was massive fraud, it meaning he won by much more than the uh, outcome seemed to uh, say on election day. So these people are speaking up about what the danger is to America. I want to compound that with, over the weekend, my husband and I I had the opportunity to get together with Trevor Loudon, whose name you may know. Uh, Trevor Loudon is a, uh, from New Zealand. He's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. Uh, and he has spent uh, much of his adult life um, talking, uh, researching, and looking into uh, communism, Russian communism, the communist organizations, communist-affiliated organizations around the world, including in America, and the role those organizations play in pushing communist ideology throughout the world unrelentingly, even, you know, we all think, well, you know, the Cold War happened, we won, they lost, but the communist ideology, the notion that government has, it should and has the right to control your life, communist ideology is relentless and being pushed in America. And part of what you, this great, a lengthy, I did a, did a lengthy interview with um, Trevor Loudon on, Sun, on yesterday on Sunday and um, so I think we'll play that either tomorrow or Wednesday in the show but lengthy interview with him in which he was laying out all the people today in our government who are directly backed financially backed by communist affiliated organizations you would find it simply mind-boggling and so he goes through all that uh, just to say you know we, it isn't just that Joe Biden has dementia and is saying kind of crazy things he's been backed by the council and funded by and, and aided by the Council for Livable World, an organization that catapulted him from a city council job in Delaware to the U.S. Senate in one leap, one election leap. He didn't do the stair step thing like many people do. Went from city council to U.S. Senator, backed by Council for Livable World, commu Russian communist funded organization that has to this day continued its quest which sounds like a nice thing. Sounds like, you know, they just want to work on disarming the world and trying to not having so many nuclear weapons and a more peaceful world. And what their real agenda is to demilitarize America, to weaken America's military, to destroy America's military uh, readiness, our supplies, our weaponry, our nuclear weapon stash, everything about America is to be diminished or destroyed in terms of our capacity to defend itself while Russia grows and grows its capacity. I mean, when you hear him put all these dots together, you realize when I say that we're occupied, we're occupied because we had an election stolen. 
but we're also occupied because the mindset behind so many people now holding power in Washington is much more friendly to communism than to the founding ideas of America. And I'm very familiar, I am fully aware that some of you listening are gonna say, oh my gosh, he's become one of those you know, right-wing crazies. Do not go there. There's either truth or not truth. Either the Council for Livable World is all about de demilitarizing America, weakening America's military, or it's not. And that's what it's all about. Either they fund Biden, and by the way, Pelosi, John Kerry, Barack Obama, the whole range of left-wing stars at today's Democrat Party, funded by them, Council for Livable World, dedicated to weakening America and strengthening communist Russia. These are, these are just facts. They're just data. We're going to get to more of this later. I've gone way past my first five, but I want to say... I want to close out the first five by making just this one point. We have to be open to the idea in America that because we are occupied, because Biden did not win the election, Americans did not choose the policies he's engaging in, because that is true, and because we have a government, a system of laws, we have a constitution and a declaration of independence and federal laws and state laws, we cannot agree with ourselves that there's just nothing we can do about it. We cannot say, well, they cheated and they won, so hey, you know what, next time, we'll, we'll get them next time. You wait till the fall 2022 elections. We're going to take back the House. We're going to take back the Senate. You wouldn't have that attitude if you really understood the degree to which we are occupied as a country. You would have more of the notion someone who lived in France and had Hitler march in to say, you know what, we're gonna think about every day, how can we remove this imposition on our country and on our freedom? There are some legal avenues some scholars have laid out. If we get enough of the states who were the swing states where the fraud was massive, if those swing states step forward and say, you know what, uh, we don't know what we can do about it, but we at least want to be honest and decertify our electoral college vote. We have to decertify because we, we, were, we were duped. We were manipulated, and, we, and Biden didn't win this state. Trump did, and he deserved those electoral votes. That's a first step. There are some people saying if those steps were to occur, somehow you get to the point to a legal path of, of getting Biden out of office. I don't know what it's going to be, but I want to urge you to think about America cannot really continue functioning under this government and hold on to any degree of freedom. Truly, our country, as a country rooted on the Declaration, the Constitution, and God-given rights to freedom is under assault. We have to see it that way, treat it that way, talk about it that way, and be very open to the idea that there just must be, there just may be a way out of it, a way out of having America be under this occupying force called the Democrat Party, which is utterly absorbed, completely absorbed by socialism and communism. When you recognize the number of people serving, in fact, now there's another Trevor Loudon fact, 40 of the existing U.S. senators on the Democrat side in, today serving were funded by and continue to be funded by the Anti-American Council for Livable World. We have to open our minds and open our hearts and open our expectations would see the idea that Joe, as Frank Gaffney said, Joe must go. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. I want to talk about America did not choose this a little bit, because part of what, you know, when, when Barack Obama was president, he was very famous for saying, you know, hey, you know, elections have consequences, hey, you know. So he was, you know, cocky about his winning. Now, many people now studying election fraud and studying the hidden, hidden insidious and deeply hidden ways in which election fraud uh, has occurred over decades, there are a fair number of people, uh, who knowledgeable people, who actually look at data, who say, you know, I'm not so sure Biden won, especially that second, I mean, excuse me, Obama won, especially that second time. But in any case, when Obama was president, you know, he said more than once, hey, elections have consequences. I get to do socialized medicine because I won. And we, I have, right now, I have the Democrat House and Senate. So he grab the opportunity, as every good socialist does, to seize as much power as possible in the short amount of time you have it. And so that was his, one of his big steps, big step of every socialist leader in world history, the notion if you can take over the health care system, you have begun your control over the freedom of the people. So you had, um, you had, you had um, 
Obama do that, the healthcare thing. But this idea about America didn't choose this, I wanna urge you, because I can sit here all day, I could bore you to death all day and run through state after state after state after state and tell you where the data are that you can go look at yourself. But I wanna urge you to go to a website, and I meant to send this today. We had a big problem, by the way, as an aside, my friends, with our internet at home today, so it was very intermittent. I couldn't get everything sent to Mr. Becker that I wanted to, but there's a website called Election Fraud 20, and by, when I say 20, I mean the digits 20, electionfraud20.org, electionfraud20.org. They're attempting to be kind of the, a, a big gathering place for the evidence being collected about election fraud. So back to my earlier point, you know, when the, thank you so much, Mr. Becker. Um, so, you know, back when the uh, left cooked up the, the uh, Trump-Russia collusion hoax, they had the entire power of the federal government, the FBI, the DOJ, the House, the Senate, all of left-wing media, which is most of America, laser-focused on this argument every day, presenting evidence, spewing out articles, spewing out accusations. I mean, you couldn't help but know about it unless you lived in a cave. With election fraud, now, in 2022, the capacity to even get information out to help the American people understand is drastically different. There's no FBI DOJ assistance. There's no congressional assistance. You can't, there, there is just, there's not the organized force that existed to push out the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that is actually truly needed now to push out the truth about election fraud 2020. So this group, electionfraud20.org, um, uh, if you go to that website, you'll see they just, they, they are running through trying to keep track of all the evidence developed and especially in the swing states where, which pretty much changed everything. So they have, they'll have, in fact, I printed it out, um, a, a bunch of the states, they list, they, they name the, the names of the states, uh, and then they just say, uh, here's the evidence, the number of um, uh, votes by which Biden allegedly won, and then compare that with uh, the number of questionable votes uh, that they now believe um, exist. And so they run through, here I have it here, they run through each state, you can click on each state and you say, oh, what's going on in, in Michigan? What's going on in Wisconsin? What's going on in, in all these um, states where there's, um, you know, where there's election fraud being uncovered? I'll also tell you, separate from what they're collecting there, um, there is a report that was created um, by uh, an economist John Lott Jr. and uh, study it's a study for the journal Public Choice by this economist and he um, got and he has calculated just the number of excessive votes as, as they begin to uncover election fraud in just the states of Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Those six states. In those six states, at a minimum, there were an excess of at least, I mean, meaning more votes counted, of 255,000 excess votes, possibly as many as 368,000 for Biden. This is not like, I, I know what the left does on this issue. They keep trying to tell America, you just got a few of these right-wing kooks and they can't let it go. They, they're just all Trump lovers and they thought Trump was the greatest thing ever. To be really clear, back to Dr. Frank, he wasn't even very political. He's not a political guy and he didn't actually, he was not a big Trump supporter. Uh, in fact, I don't know if he supported him at all. But what bothered him was his genius mathematical mind looking at numbers surrounding the 2020 election and just saying to himself, this is mathematically impossible. Mathematically impossible. So once he realizes that, you know, he's diving, looking at numbers and his data is available for you to look at. You need to go to Telegram the app Telegram, if you don't get that, Telegram's a great source for this, but in Telegram, he lays out much of his work. And by the way, Dr. Frank, what he's doing, in the, he is uh, meeting with during the day, I mean, he's got a, a wife and a, I think one child still at home, a wife and kids, um, but he's traveling the country. During the day, Dr. Douglas Frank is meeting with governors, election officials, state legislative leaders, the House Speaker, whatever officials in particular states have the authority and power to look at this issue and laying out for them, okay, here's where the fraud is in your state. Here's how massive it is. Here's what happened in your state. And he's had meeting after meeting where it ends up where the governor and other high officials go, oh my gosh, our election was completely fraudulent. 
This is happening right now. And if you just read mainstream media, you're thinking, what in the world are you talking about? This is what I'm saying, the contrast between the left's capacity to stir up uh, you know, media attention and story after story for three and a half years when there was nothing to the fraud, to the uh, Trump-Russia collusion, and yet on this serious theft of an election. And now, as they dive in more, they realize this has been going on for uh, a couple decades, this manipulation of uh, changing votes, uh, manipulation of election data for decades. So that's what he does. Dr. Frank does that in the um, daytime. Then the evenings, he speaks to groups like, well, he did my show last Thursday. He speaks to groups around the country because his basic point is, the election, even when he explains to Speaker of the House of a big state or governor or people with power and authority in the states, they can look at his information. They realize, oh my gosh, our election was stolen. And their answer is, but we can't do anything about it. We, we don't have it. We, we can't do anything about it. Or the governor won't agree with us or some other excuse because everyone's too timid to speak up or I should say everyone, many people are too timid to speak up. They don't want to be the one that the, the left-wing media goes after. And so he, Dr. Frank, is just continuing this conversation. And he's also spreading the message that the way to get election fraud, at least moving forward, to remove the avenues for election fraud in this country, the way forward has to come from the people to their state legislatures and to their county governments. County governments have a huge role in this. So he's been doing that, Seth Keschel's been doing that, but just uh, as, as other data points, beside, again, going to that um, website, electionfraud20.org, also, you can check out, I think it was on Real Clear Politics, uh, the article by um, public choice um, economist John Lott talking about the excess votes for Biden were at a minimum 255,000 excess votes, as many as 368,000. Um, 368,000. And I mean, and when you, you compare that, the excess votes to the number by which Biden allegedly won, you realize the election was stolen. And you may be saying they're thinking, okay, okay, fine. Let's say the data says you're right. Let's say election was stolen. Well, what we, you know, so what are we going to do about that? People, we are watching this country be taken down by the leftists now running it. And I'm clear, and I think almost everyone clear is clear is paying attention, it's not really Biden. I mean, Biden's been corrupt for decades, decades, and funded by the Council for a Livable World and, and pushed left-wing causes. Biden has, that's who Biden has been. At this point, he's a figurehead. He's, he's serving in the, in the presidency with some cabal around him, orchestrating everything he does. But the idea that we in America have no legal solution possible, that we're just supposed to say, well, you know, dang it, turns out he won, or turns out he stole it and we didn't know in time, that can't be the answer. Cannot be the answer in America. Uh, so, I mean, I just, I, I, I really like this analogy. I know that some of you are going to write me emails and say you don't like me saying this, and some of you are probably writing comments, on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you're watching, or on my website where I hope you're watching, um, you're going to think that we shouldn't be saying this. But in what other context in the world would a free country watch the theft of an election, watch the evidence suppressed, and by the way, evidence suppressed to the point that the current government, the Biden team, puts out through the Department of Homeland Security a bulletin saying you might be considered a domestic terrorist if you challenge the outcome of the 2020 elections. They actually said that about four weeks ago or so. These are not the actions of, a, of an administration comfortable with an honest victory. These are the actions of administration saying, I want, I'm gonna shut down all enemies, anyone talking about this, that I don't want to hear, have them talking about it. My friends, uh, for our radio listeners, uh, before you go off on your bomb of the hour break, I want to identify our show again. My name is Debbie Georgiatis. The show is called America Can We Talk. The website is americacanwetalk.org. At our website, you can hit subscribe, get our once weekly newsletter. You can make a donation to keep this show rolling and you can join America Can We Talk for $50 a year. Get a discount on our upcoming summit, which I'm gonna be telling you about later this week. 
upcoming summit and on our products. So great reasons to join to support America Can We Talk for $50 a year. And you have a break coming up, but come back after a three minute break because more to come after that. Okay, for those of you listening, um, my happy audience online, which is uh, much of our listeners, um, I do wanna, um, I do wanna say that I, I don't wanna play this clip. In fact, I don't even know, Mr. Becker, did you get the clip of Biden? No, I can't even see you. Uh, no. Unfortunately, no, Devin. No. None okay. of the clips came through today. Okay, so I had this clip. My, as I said, our internet was down today, so I couldn't send it to Mr. Becker, but there was a clip of um, Joe Biden, and he was giving his speech in um, Poland, and he actually said, and there was a lot of dispute I saw online whether he went off script or was in his script, but either way, he talked about Putin, uh, you know, who's now engaged in this war um, in the Ukraine, um, and he said, um, Putin needs to go. Putin needs to go. And so, you know, this causes alarm in many, many circles uh, in America, because people are thinking, I'm not too sure, you know, that's our, our foreign policy, that's our stated foreign policy. Um, and so Blinken, who is his, um, actually, here's what, here's what Biden said, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. I mean, that's a pretty threatening thing to say if you're saying, implying America might be involved in removing you, which seems like what you're implying. So, you know, Biden had to, uh, you know, he said that. He never seems to be clear what impact his speech has, but very quickly after that, the White House tried to backtrack away from him. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken has been saying, well, he, he didn't really mean that. I know mean, he said that, but he didn't really mean that. And so he's been saying, he said, oh, yeah, we're not seeking regime change. Uh, we didn't mean to, he didn't mean to say that. We're not talking about regime change. Um, and he also, he, um, Blinken said, I think the president, um, his comment, the White House made the point last night, quite simply, President Putin cannot be empowered to wage war or engage in aggression against Ukraine or anyone else. Um, and, um, and he said the American government's official stance on Russia does not include Biden's alleged insistence of regime change. So, you know, I know that some of you listeners are, you know, unhappy with or don't like Putin, and no one likes what Putin's doing in the Ukraine. It's, it's horrible. But whether America should be involved, whether we should be threatening Putin, you know, is not settled uh, in the minds of many people. When you are the president of the United States and you're making international speeches, when that's what you're doing, making international speeches, you're supposed to be on top of every word. In fact, it was a huge deal when Reagan was over during the, uh, still the Cold War going on, and, uh, and he said, Mr. G Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. That was a huge story because that was in his speech. He put it in, his handlers took it out. He wanted it in, handlers said, no, don't say that. But the point is, it was a conscious choice to say it, and he was willing to stand by it, and it was viewed as one of the things that sent a message of seriousness. I will say this, that if Joe Biden, even if the election hadn't been stolen, I call this little segment, you know, that his dementia is disqualifying, even if the election had not been stolen, and even if the left was not now comprised of communists who are very, very alarming, you still have a, a man serving in the White House, holding the title of president, who is clearly daily engaged in confusion, can't remember where he is, what he's talking about, says all sorts of goofy things, silly things, whispers into the microphone. I mean, he's been weird for years, but he's clearly declining in many ways. Um, and that alone is disqualifying as serving, uh, to serve as president. But um, it's a deeper thing. What I'm talking about is the time that Joe must go it's a deeper point than just that he has dementia because his ideology was not embraced by the American people. And I want to give some more examples about that because I really want to encourage you, number one, to take away from this show that there is overwhelming evidence of outcome changing election fraud. And you don't get to say anymore, well, I haven't seen it, as, as several members of Congress still try to get away with, well, I, I haven't seen it. Well, that's because you're not reading and you're not looking. It's out there in the public. It is not being hidden. But number two is, I want to make the point about where we are in America, feeling occupied. The ideology of communism has very much taken root in the left in America, in the, in the leftists in our government. And a lot of this came, I can't encourage you strongly enough to um, read a Trevor Loudon's or listen to Trevor Loudon's um, columns. Trevor Loudon, his last name is L-O-U-D-O-N, first name Trevor, he writes at uh, Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H, uh, writes. He does videos. He, he has a, 
basically about a once a week video or so. And he does these enormously consequential fact-filled videos. So when I interviewed him on Sunday, I had gotten up super, super early and read a, and listened to a bunch of his videos to be able to know what he's been thinking about. And among the thing, points he makes, just tying in how we've had this, the election stolen, but the Biden administration's ideology is not what the American people wanted. That's why they didn't really vote for him in 2020. And it is antithetical to what the American people want now. It's harmful to the American people. One point Trevor Loudon makes is, you know, um, the, when the first day, Biden's first day in office, uh, he signed the executive order uh, killing the Keystone Pipeline. And I know you all know that. And because we've had many other actions taken by the Biden administration to shut down the energy industry in America, we're now at a place that our gas is more expensive, our, our per, per gallon charge of, for gas, and our expected ability to bring in needed energy supplies is greatly diminished. And since uh, Biden said we're not going to be buying oil from Russia, which, you know, he's showing his strength because Russia is attacking Ukraine, he says, okay, but we're going to get it from Venezuela, a Russian ally, or Iran, a Russian ally. And so we're just, we're fighting Russia by cutting off their oil, but we're going to buy it from their allies anyway. It's not really making much of a statement. But the deeper point that Trevor Loudon was making is just so important to get. The woman who headed up, I mean, Biden would say he, he uh, shut down the pipeline because of environmentalist concerns. One of the key figures, if not the key figure, who led the charge to tell Biden that you had to cut down the Keystone Pipeline. And she was arguing in part on behalf of the Native Americans who were saying the pipeline came somewhere too near ancient burial grounds. This woman, and I think her last name is LeBlanc. I meant to look it up again before I got here today. I'm pretty sure her last name is LeBlanc. She spearheaded this. You can see her speaking everywhere, pushing Biden about this. This LeBlanc woman, is a communist, not a hidden behind the scenes and maybe you'd have to dig to find out. I mean, card-carrying, open member of America's Communist Party, a representative of the Communist Party at various international venues, an outspoken communist. You gotta get the link between communism and environmentalism. There are a lot of Americans who think, still, sadly, that environmentalism is just about caring about the environment, loving the environment. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves the environment. Republicans, Democrats, conservative liberals, we love the environment, we love nature, we love hiking, we love you know, clean air and clean water. The left uses the environment as a political weapon to get its way on a variety of issues. There is a communist determination to weaken America. There has been a communist determination to weaken America uh, since 1920s or so, since they came to America and realized they couldn't just militarily conquer us. One vehicle to conquer America when you are the communists whose ideology is all tied up with the New World Order people, the globalists, World Economic Forum people, is to weaken America's energy structure. So Biden comes into office, communist LeBlanc, woman uh, whose last name is LeBlanc, leads the charge has been doing it ahead of time, stirs up Native American Indians to get outrage about the location of this Keystone Pipeline, gets uh, Biden to shut it down. So, and, and so that's the first step she took. This is all out of Trevor Loudon's thing. And then he's pointing out that when Biden got into office, you know, he has to fill all these cabinet positions. Well, one position he filled was with a woman named Deb, her first name is Deb, um, in H-A-A-L-A-N-D, Holland. She is also Native American. She had been a representative, a U.S. Congresswoman from New Mexico, and she's also a Communist Party member. So you have the communist ideology that hates America, that wants to use weakening America's energy structure into the position of Secretary of Interior, which has control over 20% of America's resources. This is how communist ideology works its way into America and weakens America. And you have Biden and many people who voted for him thinking, well, you know, he might be, you know, he's not a conservative Republican, but, you know, he loves America. No, the left loves the idea of big government, big government control, big government ownership, ending private ownership, attacking wealth. They, this is, their, their ideology is all tied up 
in what we used to understand clearly was socialism and communism. So here you have, that's where you are now. So now on this segment, I'm talking about uh, you know, this uh, removing the wrecking ball. Um, I, I did a little segment on dementia is disqualifying, which it is, but it's not the only reason that Biden really should be disqualified from continuing to serve as our president. He does not have the interests of the American people at heart. And I don't say that lightly. If you were president of the country and you love the American people, which you know you kind of hope every single president actually loves the American people, you would not want them to become uh, weakened because they don't have sufficient energy. And you would not want to have gas prices so high that the average Joe American cannot travel on vacation. But this is where we are. Gas prices and other prices of necessary items through inflation are getting higher and higher. The economy's a mess. And, and this is one of the main big points. You talk about Biden losing the, the American people. You know, it's now like 71% of Americans say that America is not in the right track. And among the specific things they will talk about is Biden's energy policy and Biden's policies on the economy. You can't be president and say, you know, I, I love the American people. I want to take care of the American people and then take all these steps consistent with a communist determination to weaken America through energy, weaken us and not have sufficient energy sources to uh, drive our cars, to fuel our homes, all the things that make, uh, that make safety and travel in America viable and, and up until recently normal things. But in the, in the short course of Biden's arrival in the White House, energy prices have skyrocketed. He has shut down America's energy production, engaged in dangerous foreign policy, not just in Afghanistan, which is bad enough, all by itself, suddenly one day, like he woke up one day and said, you know what, I think I'm gonna pull those troops out. Now that I think about it, obviously many, many military experts weighing in on the, on the futility and the uh, just bizarreness, uh, un, unjustifiable nature of the way in which the Biden administration withdrew America and our troops from Afghanistan, leaving behind millions in, in value um, of, of our equipment in the hands of the Taliban, uh, sent a signal to the world, we're afraid of the Taliban, we'll run and, and, and you know, run and hide. Uh, his nominations to his cabinet, uh, go there another day, uh, you know, it's like a, I, I don't want to use a crude term, very, very bizarre, unqualified nominations for a variety of people serving in his um, cabinet. And I want to mention also about something with the way that I'm, I'm trying to get you around my, my very fine friends to recognizing what the Biden administration is doing. It really is a wrecking ball operation against America. Foreign policy is one whole arena, but even domestic policy, beside the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, the Department of Homeland Security is now telling the average American citizen, if you talk about election fraud, if you spread your knowledge that election fraud was rampant in 2020, you might be a domestic terrorist. We've also had the Biden administration through the vehicle of the Democrat majority in the House, taking advantage of what was a riot that got a little bit out of control on January 6th. It was not an insurrection. But the entire narrative of the January 6th committee is this was an insurrection, an attempt to overthrow the uh, government, and this January 6th committee is now engaged in the most egregious, uh, you know, scorched earth attack on every single person who in any way helped the Trump administration. If you don't know the latest thing, they, they are issuing subpoenas trying to get, this is in the course of their alleged uh, role the January 6th committee was to try to figure out what happened on January 6th and who was responsible and how security broke down. They're not at all interested, to be very clear, they're not interested in finding out why security broke down. They don't want to get a hold of Nancy Pelosi's emails explaining back and forth why she appears to have allowed, uh, have allowed security to be lax. They're not interested in that. They're using the January 6th committee as a scorched earth attack on every Trump supporter. Their current thing is they're going after Republican National Committee and trying to get data about who donated to the Republican Party. They're casting their net so wide, they're saying not only the people who physically came in the Capitol and, and those very few who committed a crime uh, have been prosecuted or will be prosecuted, and many of them grotesquely unjustifiably, but still focusing just on that day. They're talking about everyone who supported Trump in rallies prior to the uh, 
prior to January 6th, funders who organized those rallies, who helped put the rallies together. Now they're after donors to the Republican National Committee. They want that data. And actually, wisely, there was a pushback, uh, the GOP saying, this is kind of like a digital Watergate. I thought it was a brilliant term they were using. Because in Watergate, as you likely recall, uh, back in the Nixon era, some Nixon operatives or Republican operatives uh, broke into the DNC in an apartment at Watergate that was DNC headquarters and were trying to get steal data, I assume, about donors, who's funding them, whatever. They were getting DNC data. That's what they're trying to do. This is now the January 6th committee completely under control of the Biden administration, Nancy Pelosi, et cetera, using the excuse of the January 6th incident at the Capitol to say they're entitled to get all the RNC data uh, donor information. Now, RNC is pushing back. They filed a lawsuit. And the answer so far from the January 6th committee is, uh, yeah, darn straight we are. Yeah, I mean, they're, and they're saying that their decision their decision to seek this information via subpoena is unreviewable by a court. That has been the answer so far of January 6th committee. These are the actions of people who are number one, doing what leftists always do. When they have power, they use it to the maximum degree possible, often beyond what is anywhere near ethical or lawful or normal. They have chosen this opportunity of January 6th as an excuse to try to force the RNC to give donor information, which is obviously highly covered and coveted. You know, it's not the kind of thing you, uh, I mean, whatever they're seeking is not the kind of information that, that um, would be widely shared otherwise. So this is a January 6th committee. They're seizing on the opportunity to figure out who supports Republicans and to make, as they have been already, making people into criminals who even spoke in support of the questioning of the 2020 election. I'll very briefly touch on uh, this current uh, crazy coming out of the Democrat Party saying that they want to force Justice Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from all decisions going forward, a wide array of decisions, because his wife, Ginny Thomas, had during the course uh, after the election day and before the swearing in, had been texting with Mark Meadows, uh, who was then and still is Trump's uh, right-hand advisor, you know, saying, you got to do something here that, you know, she could see, as, as everyone paying attention could see, the election was being stolen. So she, Jenny Thomas, is texting Mark Meadows uh, and, and saying, you know, you got to do something about this. You know, what, what do we have? What information do we have? Wanting what every American on the right side of the aisle wanted was truth, was to have the truth exposed about the election fraud. So she's now... Uh, number one, their, their wide sweep brought in those text messages, I think, when they were first questioning Mark Meadows. And now they're trying to, as they will always do, seize the opportunity to say, and by the way, you know, uh, now Justice Thomas, in fact, there was some effort at talking about whether he should have to be impeached and removed, which is completely absurd. But they're essentially using, you know, this um, vehicle of January 6th, using uh, investigation, using it to criminalize fundraising by the Republican Party to make people who are donors, supporters, in any way active in the Republican Party feel like, wow, I've now become a victim of the January 6th committee. And then those people, of course, you know, next time around, when they're thinking about getting active or getting involved in something, the likelihood that they'll be able to do that that they'll be willing to do that, that they'll be saying, yeah, that sure was great to have my, my finances raked over the coals uh, and, my, and all the other things that they think might happen to them. And this is a, an intimidation tactic. You have to understand how radical today's American left is. They're not joking around. This is, this is real, my friends. This is real. This attack on America from the American left is right in front of our faces. When you are, you have stolen the election, you have the high levels of the administration very, very, very sympathetic to the communist ideology, very friendly to the communist socialist ideology, the new world order and the world economic forum, all those forces. And the anti-American left is all in bed with all that thinking. 
and now they have power. And so what they do, what do they do? They say, no one can talk about election fraud. You might be a domestic terrorist. We're going to investigate anyone. And the obvious, the reason that January 6th happened was because there were so many Americans aware, even then, not aware, uh, not having nearly the data we now have, but even then, that, that this, that election didn't ring true. People, people could tell it wasn't true, just from common sense observation. You know, Biden hid out in his basement the entire election cycle, couldn't get 10 people in a gym, and Trump had to turn away tens of thousands of people at every single rally because the arena, no matter how large it was, was filled with, with people who wanted to hear him speak. I mean, it just didn't, didn't resonate with the people. Um, and so I, I'm, this is kind of a wound up Monday, I do realize. I, I mean, I'm wound up. I, I feel I feel deeply concerned because I feel like the American people need to really come to terms with. I mean, it's like, look your, not look yourself in the mirror, but look at America. Look what's really happening. A hundred years from now, people will look back on this era. They will say, wow, Douglas Frank stood up against election fraud. Seth Kessel did. You know, other people standing up at, at school boards against critical race theory, against transgender advocacy, against all sorts of things that, are, that we don't want. There, there are people playing, uh, you know, uh, participating on all sorts of levels, all sorts of issues, but this is future and freedom-changing uh, time in America. The decisions we make right now, whether we're going to push our elected officials to, for example, get rid of electronic voting machines. That would be one really good example. Get rid of electronic voting machines. Vote by paper. I'm going to be launching an initiative in the next few weeks describing what has to happen. All the organizations, are there are many organizations doing pieces and parts of this, and it's a wonderful thing. But everybody's signing on to saying, we're all going to do our part in our little community, in our county, wherever we are. We're going to do our part to push to be sure that we demand paper ballots. We demand an end to the electronic voting machines, paper hand counting tabulation. We insist on voting integrity. We insist on cleaning out voter rolls to get America back on track in the future. The only way to do that. Is to, get, is to get fair election, because I'm telling you back to my, the, all these points tie together that we're talking about today. The American people did not vote for the agenda that the Biden administration is inflicting on America. They did not vote to have an administration abandon the southern border, and that's what they have done. They did not vote for or want an administration that would abandon America's military efforts in Afghanistan, leaving innocent soldiers to die, and civilians who supported us and leaving equipment on the ground. We did not, I, I mean, America did not want what the Biden administration is doing in terms of clamping down on our rights to free speech, our rights to freedom of assembly. This is an administration that is just gut check level dangerous. And then you compound all of that with what we have been only recently learning about Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden's laptop a filled, a, a, you know, treasure makes it sound good, but a just a wealth of information revealing a wide range of fraud. And it's not just little Hunter, the son, who happened to be, you know, a cocaine addict and had a big drug problem and a big sex addiction problem and a big, uh, you know, alcohol problem. It's not just that, bad enough as that is and, and grotesque and ugly as all that is. But you can see in the emails that are being released from Hunter Biden's laptop the collusion, the corruption that has been the Biden family for decades. That's what's coming to the surface. And again, if you had the media as engaged as they were on the non-existent collusion between Trump and Russia, as they should be on the Hunter Biden laptop and all that it tells you and, the, and America and the world about the Biden family corruption, you would be on fire to say, all this has to be litigated. Hunter Biden probably has to be prosecuted. And all of this publicly known explains a great deal about what Biden, President Biden, is willing or not willing to do to deal with some of the powers in this world, given the corruption his family has been involved in since the time he has served in the United States Senate. I am trying to raise the alarm bell to say that we are in a time of enormous consequence in America. Enormous consequence. We can't get this wrong. 
we can't say, well, okay, you know, we're going to really push for fair elections next time, and, and maybe we'll take back the House, and maybe even the Senate. This country does not want what Biden is doing to this country. We don't deserve what the Biden administration is doing for, with our foreign policy, our domestic policy, our energy policy. Biden is squeezing the American people into misery, submission, lack, shortages, and it's intentional. You have to understand everything they're doing is intentional. And the American people didn't vote for this. Oh, by the way, there's mountains of polling out. The American people not only didn't uh, vote for this, they don't like it. They don't like what, what they're watching. They don't like the seeming um, fact that the Biden administration doesn't seem to care about the American people and, and continues to push these idiotic energy, uh, energy policies that leave us unable to pay for um, a gallon of gas. I mean, you know, right now we can pay for a gallon of gas, but if it keeps going up, and inflation keeps driving uh, prices higher and higher and higher. Yeah, we're going to be in a world of hurt in this country. And it's all because we didn't challenge an election that was not conducted with honor. I'll be talking about these things a lot more over the next few weeks because that the Hunter Biden laptop, the need to get election integrity right, what the steps are to get election integrity right. But I hope listening to the show today, it, it, it gets you inspired to think, I, I got to find my niche, my place, my, my thing, because all of us can do something. As I said, no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Everyone can do something. And we all need to be doing our somethings to try to uh, restore uh, dignity to America's election system. Our radio listeners are about to go off. Um, and so I want to tell you before you do, uh, first of all, you're listening to America Can We Talk. My name is Debbie Georgiatis, and the website is americacanwetalk.org. To support this show, I would love if you would consider going to MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com, greatest products. I tell you, my, I, I wouldn't push any of them unless my husband and I try them ourselves. They are fabulous pillows, towels, sheets, bathrobes, uh, slippers, great quality stuff. MyPillow.com. You get up to 66% off if you use the promo code DEBBIEG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. This is one of the ways I count on uh, having my listeners support this show. For everyone on radio, come back Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. I'll talk to you tomorrow. For the rest of our listeners, uh, I, will t I close this show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show, Occupied America, Waking Up. And when government is installed against the will of the people, when the installed government pursues an agenda opposed to the will of the people and opposed by the will of the people, when the installed government is destroying everything the people have built for themselves, the American people are living in an occupied nation. Just think about Hitler's occupation of France in World War II. The people don't want an occupied government. Evidence of outcome change election fraud in 2020 is overwhelming, irrefutable, understandable, and increasing millions of Americans know it. A fraudulent installed administration is occupying America and destroying it. The American people are waking up to this reality, and the pace of waking up is accelerating. Frank Gaffney captures the sentiment. Biden must go. He actually has Joe must go. Anyway, and no, America did not choose this. Check out electionfraud20.org, a thorough repository of evidence. The election fraud of 2020 was massive. Fraud enveloped every state, extended through the entire ballot, all levels of elected office. Dr. Douglas Frank's findings are all-encompassing. They are irrefutable on their merits. They have not even slightly been denied or debunked. The rogue anti-American agenda of the Biden regime was not chosen by the American people. The American people have a right to stand up now and remedy the fraud. And on dementia is disqualifying, Biden committing major, serious, consequential, dangerous gaffes almost every day, directly bearing on war and peace issues in a nuclear era. The Wall Street Journal, normally a defender of Biden as legitimately elected, calls for Biden to stop speaking without a script. Yeah, that'd be good. Biden's dementia is getting worse, and everyone, friend and enemy, can see it. Biden should never have been allowed to run for president in this condition, but media, uniparty, and deep state orchestrated denial and cover-up. This unconscionable, irresponsible denial and cover-up is endangering innocent people around the world. Frank Gaffney captured the sentiment, Biden must go. Now, removing the wrecking ball. Runaway inflation, out of control borders, energy prices out of control. January 6th committee acting like a totalitarian inquisition. 
The beat goes on and on and on. No one wants or encourages violence, but neither should any American accept. There's nothing we can do to remedy the most obvious and egregious criminal fraud ever perpetrated. Established legal principle, and this is an established legal principle, fraud vitiates everything downstream of the fraud. We the people must demand a government responsive to the will of the people and respectful of the need for transparent consent of the governed in order to exercise moral and legal authority. Frank Gaffney captured the sentiment, Biden must go. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. I'll tell you quickly, we're going to uh, organize and get cut out my interview uh, over the weekend with Trevor Loudon. I'm, you are going to love it. It's an amazingly research. He's an amazingly researched guy, in-depth knowledge of the communist element in America. Uh, I mean, truly, truly eye-opening. I love that. And then Thursday, we have Julie Kelly joining us, and she's been a wonderful writer at American Greatness, talking about the January 6th episode and the mistreatment by the DOJ and FBI of the January 6th defendants and the way we have not followed our rule of law, we haven't followed due process, and, and really to the detriment and the disgrace of, of America and our system. So that's those are our shows this week, and um, we may have a couple other guests too before Thursday, but I encourage you to tune in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. America Can We Talk is where I talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America?